0: Welcome to the Greater Southington Business Podcast, the local podcast that tells you stories behind the products, services, and nonprofits you interact with every day. This episode is sponsored by Northshire Consulting, your local independent investment advisory firm. Here's your host, Brian Williams. All right, on this episode, I'm here with Dan DiVergilio, Farmers Insurance Agency. So I'll let you quickly introduce yourself here, Dan.
1: Dan DiVergilio. My agency has been here for about three years with farmers, but I've been in the insurance profession for just about 30 years now. I've owned uh, three other independent insurance agencies, and um, farmers came to me, asked me if I'd like to put their name up on one of my buildings, and I said, yeah, let's give it a shot. So I've added farmers and their suite of carriers and companies to what I already had. Okay. So I walked
0: in, I saw the farmer's pillow here, so I had to ask you about that. So you've got an interesting story around that and the junior achievement stuff that you're working on?
1: Yeah, I got approached uh, about a year and a half ago by someone who got my name from somewhere and asked if I want to volunteer to do junior achievement classes. And gee, I never even had junior achievement when I was at school. So they explained a little bit to me about it. And I'm, I like to get involved with the community, especially when it's children. Mm-hmm. And um I says, yeah, I'll give it a shot. So this past year, um, after finishing junior achievement class and uh, the kids celebrating by making cupcakes for my birthday, one day the teacher walked in with a couple of students and they had a gift for me. And the gift was this farmer's pillow. They were, uh was their way of saying thank you for uh, doing junior achievement and volunteering at the school. They're a great bunch of kids. So it was really Unexpected and a really uh, pleasant surprise that the kids actually sewed the pillow all by themselves, designed it, and did it, and, and then and got it to me.
0: What ages does the Junior Achievement program go through?
1: Well, it goes through a lot of programs. It actually starts kindergarten and goes through high school. Okay. Uh, the classes that I teach are sixth and seventh. This year, I'm doing uh, seventh and eighth grades. Okay.
0: What kind of questions you get from those
1: ages? Uh, very unusual, different, uh, sometimes they're pretty surprising, uh, but they're all good questions. They're all relative to what we're we're doing, mm-hmm. and um, they know a lot of stuff. Yeah, The kids, you know, sometimes you might say, are they learning? They are. They know, they have some questions that I had to stop and think for a couple of minutes, and a couple of questions I had to go get an answer. Okay. So uh, they're pretty good.
0: Yeah. What districts do you do that in?
1: I do this at the the DePaulo Middle School right here in Sonnyton.
0: Okay. All right. And how long have you been doing that?
1: I'll be starting my second year.
0: Okay. All right. And is there other professionals around in the area that you sometimes bring in, or were they already involved
1: in the program? Well, that's a good question. I did. um, We're able to bring in guest speakers. Uh So last year, uh, I know Roger Dietz, who does the uh, Sonnyton Magazine, um, and he had a, a very diverse background. And then he had a very unique hobby. Uh, he's a beekeeper. Oh yes, okay. So I thought he'd be a great speaker to let the kids know that your path doesn't always go from A to B to C. Sometimes it takes a little turn. So he came in and talked about it. And then we I asked him to tell him about your your hobby. And uh, the rest of the session went to the hobby, beekeeper. How do you keep bees? How do you feed them? How do you do this? And it was just the kids eyes lit up and actually one of the students was a beekeeper and their family wow. had cafes so the the two of them had a uh, pretty good conversation about the terminology and jargon about beekeeping
0: right yeah and i think sometimes it's interesting for children to realize that adults have hobbies too they don't they don't just work they don't just take care of their kids there are other things that they enjoy that might be outside of work so i'm sure that was good for them
1: to hear Absolutely. And uh, Roger enjoyed it. He told me after he wasn't sure what to expect, but uh, he was really appreciative that he had a chance to talk to the kids. And he, he was really surprised about the great feedback and participation with the kids. They were uh, they were really good about it.
0: And he was probably not expecting to speak to a fellow beekeeper. <laughs>
1: no, not at
0: all. And uh, I see you're prominent with the Lions. So tell me a little bit about how you got started with them.
1: That's another uh, little unique story. Uh, I was managing a MetLife office up in Torrington, and uh, a friend of mine was selling insurance, an independent agent, uh, before I became independent, and um, asked if he wanted to work with me at MetLife. So he decided to come over, and we're working together. And one night he goes, hey, why don't you come down to one of our Lions meetings and you know, have dinner with me? And that was the night we used to make phone calls and talk to our clients and get things done. I said, well, I'm kind of busy. Well, we'll do after. So I got to one of his dinners lines, and I went to the second one, then the third month, and then the third month uh, they announced that they are going to induct a new member. So I'm looking around, and I don't see anybody new, and they announced Virgilia. What I'm a member. Yeah, three free meals and you're a member. Well, I would have paid for my meals. <laughs> So that was in 1997, and um, it wasn't until about four or five years later that I actually realized what lines were. Mm-hmm. We had a speaker who was the executive director of the Fidelical Guide Dog Foundation, and he told his story. Well, he inducted some new members, and so, so that's what we do. I kind of learned about eyesight, and giving back, and, and helping people who are visually impaired. I said, you know, I, I think I like that. So I became a Lion, but it wasn't until five years that I actually was a Lion and realized what we had to do. And eventually I moved up. I got part of the cabinet and I became the district governor for Litchfield and Hartford County. And then I became the council chairman for the entire state, uh, over 5,000 Lions. And it's been a great experience since then. I've met a lot of good people. I've been away internationally for our conferences to so like Germany, Toronto, Hawaii, Florida. So it's uh, and it's a great learning experience. Um, and again, I love giving back to the community. Sure. So just kind of fit into, into yeah. everything.
0: Yeah. And you're still active in the Lions?
1: I'm very active. This year and, and last year as well, um, I'm the district coordinator for Alliance Cubs International Foundation. So we have Lions Club International Association, which is our Lions. In 1968, they formed a foundation, and that foundation has given out over a billion dollars for grants, uh, humanitarian awards, like when there's tsunamis or tornadoes or like 9-11, give back to local Lions Clubs to help the community uh, recover from that. So... I'm um, that coordinated to help raise funds. We're in a three hundred million dollar campaign right now, and uh, everything we raise goes directly back to people in need. Okay. hundred percent.
0: Do you find people still interested in joining Lions or how does that process work?
1: Well, that, that's another great question. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll bet this goes for every type of club. We don't seem to have a problem getting new members. It's finding younger members to get more involved. Right? right. So we lose more members on the other end because of age for mm-hmm. various reasons. If they're disabled, they can't make meetings, they pass away. So we're in a uh the last eight, ten years, we're in a campaign to try to get younger individuals involved with Lions to, to, to do more. Um so we find people but Sometimes it's not quite what they want to do, but we're we're still around five thousand lines. Okay. state. Postage. Um, we just haven't gotten we're one point four million around the world, so we're the largest civic organization uh, in the world. Hmm. So uh, we're we're just kind of holding our own, which is not bad because considering no. some things going
0: on. Okay. And they um and they used to be mail only, but they're not
1: anymore, right? That's right. They started out mail, and then a few years after they voted to. Have women in the, in the late 19, in the early 1930s. And then they had a convention and they voted women out again. Oh boy. <laughs> so uh, late, early 1970s, they decided, you know, women are allowed. Now we still have all men clubs, we have co ed clubs, and we have women's clubs. But I think the trend is very soon, soon we'll probably have all co ed clubs, which, in fact, our Tory Lions Club, which I'm part of,
0: when I joined there
1: were only like eleven members, ten members, and they had been like maybe fifty at one time. And then that second year I was in the club, they brought in a couple of women. A couple of the guys brought their wives in to join. And from that point on, a couple of the wives brought some more women in and the club got rejuvenated. Okay. And we went from those eleven to ten to nearly forty. So women played a big role in keeping that Torrington Lions Club active. We're keeping it active today. And in a lot of clubs, it's been the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you need that diversity. You need that different type of creativity, the different thought process to keep us fresh and right. moving forward. What type of initiatives is uh, Torrington specifically working on right now? Well, we have a, a bunch of things that we do on a regular basis. Uh, one of them has is, is been since 2000. Um, in the federal local guide dog foundation uh, we usually donate about a thousand dollars a year and that's towards a cost of forty thousand dollars for a guide dog and uh, we've helped raise money for vans for them to transport we do a lot of eye uh, eyeglasses for the local community we raise money for the stand downs for the military well uh, we help the, the community with the food banks we do a lot of work with the food banks. Uh, thousand dollars a year then one of the biggest ones we've been doing now for about 40 years is a scholarship for salington high school students okay so right now we're giving away between two thousand three thousand dollars every year for those seniors to go to you know college of their choice
0: okay how would they find out more information about that so they can apply
1: uh, we have all the paperwork at the schools and the counselors they get all the scholarship information in from whatever organizations doing that and then we have a criteria criteria that everybody would follow and then at the school they would find the individuals and students that qualify for each of those grants maybe there's one from another organization and then they would let us know which uh, which of the students fit into the grant we're looking for it's mostly financial we're trying to help students who might not get to college if they didn't have that extra two or three thousand dollars so they're very uh to that need for the students. So the school picks the ones and then we give two out every year.
0: Okay. What's a typical Lions meeting like if somebody were to uh, a prospective member want to get a feel for that?
1: Well, our business meetings are basically, they're not formal, they're informal. You go, you dress casual and you know, we have a format, you have your president or vice president, secretary. So you have your reports read like the board of directors might do secretary's report from the last meeting, and then we have our, the biggest part is our committee chairs. So this year we have our Goshen Fair chairperson would speak, and there we sell uh, steak sandwiches and corn on the cob to raise money for our scholarships. That's where a lot of our money comes from the scholarships. So the meetings would encompass how well we did, what's the next uh, event coming up, like now in November we have a craft show, and that money that we raise there is going to go towards the food banks. So each of our fundraisers are designed to give back something to the community and that's where we get the money for. So we would discuss the events, maybe we're looking for additional volunteers, maybe we're we're going to revamp one of our uh, fundraising programs, you know, we're looking for ideas. And it's kind of a fun thing, you know, we have open conversations, discuss things, we kind of talk, we socialize during the dinner time. We network during the dinner time. Um, Then we have open conversations for whatever might be coming up. And then the nice thing at the end, we have what we call uh, happy dollars. And that's where if something good happened to you or your family or something that that you saw, you pay a dollar and you get to announce it. Mm. So it costs me a lot of money because I'm always talking about Lauren got past her test, and Levi did this, and Lauren did that, Levi did this. So the last meeting cost like $8 to talk, and then they wanted to find me $2 because I was talking more than the average. But <laughs> it all goes towards a good cause.
0: Good. And, and being involved in all these organizations, how do you feel that's helped you from a business standpoint?
1: A lot of different ways. One of the ways is it's personal growth. You get to meet so many people. And I'm in a position where I like to learn, or I feel like I need to learn something every day. And I say, if you don't learn something today, something's wrong. You really got to think about there's always something new. So I've learned a lot from uh, not just our club, but being involved with international um, conferences and and events that we do, leadership uh, programs. I've been to Chicago. I've been through like six leadership programs. And you learn and you grow that way you know uh, and you learn about people and building relationships with them is, that's the main thing my business grows that i'm there people know who i am what i've done and they want to do business with you so you know dan you know, i know your background what you've done i think i want you to handle my insurance i want you to handle my investments mm-hmm. i want you to take care of my kids so i don't necessarily go there to ask them for the business my actions and what I do as a lion gives an opportunity to say, "Hey, let's get together." Right? right So it's helped me grow the business that way and helped me grow personally a leadership way right.
0: And you would you would help the most people who do these kind of activities and join these groups are joining for a business, you know purpose, but they're just joining because of the charitable things that you're doing.
1: you know you're you're right. It's a lot of business owners, are inundated with people asking for money. Mm-hmm. 25 for this, 50 for this, $100 for that, golf tournaments, pizza, power, shows, and pastas, and whatever. But when you give them the opportunity to join a club and so then they can make donations and, and volunteer, maybe they can't make a $1,000 donation if they want to, but their time is just as valuable, sometimes more. So we have business people in our club that don't make a lot of dollar donations, but are at every event because they can give that. I'll be there at the fair. I'll be there at the craft show. I'll be there at the car show. I'll be there at this uh, at the corner uh, to help raise money for whatever. So they're willing to give up their time, which we need uh, so we can raise the money. So we give that opportunity to meet people, get back to the community and not necessarily have their name or their business out there. Because they personally take take pride in giving to the community, and that's what they want to do. They don't have to be, they could be anonymous, but still be a big part of what what we do. And and we have a lot of business people that that do that. Yeah.
0: And um, as far as the the Lions Club go, how would somebody join? How do they reach out to you and go through that process?
1: At any town, they can look up Lions in their community. Like We have one here in Southington, Torrington, Waterbury, Cheshire. They're all around us. You can look them up online. There's always a phone number or an email address that you can call and get to. Or if you're not really sure, you can pick up the phone and call me, and I can direct you to a Lions Club that might be in your area if you you couldn't find something. But there's 156 clubs in the state, and there's 169 towns. Mm -hmm. So chances are there's one very close to you that you could go ahead and join. And uh, I recommend bring someone with you. Okay. So if you wanted to join, you're not really sure. Bring another friend. Bring two neighbors, a friend, a family member. and Join as a group. And now you have someone with you. You go together. You carpool, and you get involved. And it, that brings more members to that club, and it gives you more familiarity with the people that you're that you're with.
0: Okay. And you you do have some military experience too, Dan. So do you think that plays into some of your? Uh, roles and how much you want to be involved in the community do you think that's tied in
1: well you know i didn't think that years ago but as you get a little older you realize that the training that i got in the military as far as loyalty dedication uh, the training leadership qualities communication skills it kind of carried on and you didn't really realize that you look back and say gee i learned that basic training, I learned that when I was NCO Academy. I learned that when I was working with these colonels and generals. So, it taught me a lot of discipline because when you come out of high school, um, what do you have? You're gonna to go to college and you're gonna party. I didn't. I went to college after after I came out of the service. But you learn that how to be disciplined, how to be organized, you know, how to be prepared. Boy, Scouting, sure. And I think this carried over because that's how I like to treat people, you know, with respect and understanding. And I think the military training gave me that, but I didn't know it at the time. Just kind of, oh, okay, that, that's what happened. I think that happens with a lot of learning. Sometimes you, you know, when I was in high school, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, well, I'm gonna learn this stuff here for But down the road, you find out, oh, well, gee, that's, that's a good thing I had that. It's yeah. a good thing I had that particular teacher. Uh, so I think it's carried through in a lot of things in my fabric of what I want to do, and, uh, and I'm happy that it did.
0: And from a business standpoint, I imagine it's, it's helped you through your career, running businesses, ma- managing other people, starting businesses.
1: Yeah, because you learn. You know, when I went through NCO Academy, I earned my sergeant stripes, and then I was in charge of a platoon. And when I was just that guy standing in the platoon and the drill sergeants were yelling at us and calling us some very fancy <laughs> names, um you'd be you know you humility disappears you know you become a regular person and then now you're in charge and then you need people to follow you right so they taught us the leadership qualities that would allow people to trust our decisions and to follow you and to believe in you and have and understand your integrity i think in business that's what happens people you know, some people change for price. Oh, my own insurance is too high. My homeowner's insurance is too high. But when they understand, you know, that you're there for them and the type of policy or program you have is the right thing, maybe it's a few dollars more, it's a few dollars left, but they believe in the fact that you believe in them and you're doing the right thing for them. And then they follow you. That's what we learned in the service is that if you – Do the things you're supposed to do. People will follow you, whether it's into battle or with your business. It's not just insurance. You know, if you make candles, you're the best candle maker. Um, If you're building uh, colored glass Mm -hmm. designs or you're taking care of their pets, they have to trust you. They
0: have to know you, and they'll go back over and over and over again. Right. And people do business with personalities you know you can you can shop price and, and all this kind of stuff all day long but uh, you know 80 percent of the people in the same industry are doing the same thing it's that 20 percent that's the personalities we fit with
1: yeah you're right and you know that you know yep. you're in business and it's uh, when you're doing investments it's a serious thing because it's it's people's hard-earned money right but you have to have a little levity you have to be able to bring it to them in a manner that they understand it and that they're comfortable talking to you you know and and you probably do the same thing that i do is that we advise our clients Mm -hmm. we don't tell them this is what you need to do or if you don't do that um, it's here's some suggestions here's some ideas here's what might work best for you and to help them make their decision that makes them feel good because most of my clients understand a lot of it they just need. To get a little bit further down that road you know get past that next stoplight or that question light and then feel good and run a green light and they, and they move forward on the road, which is which i want to see i like that yeah
0: and so right now as far as your business goes what's what's working uh, marketing wise and what are kind of the hot button issues in your industry
1: well some of the hot button <laughs> things are is you know prices still go up you know you could have a client for eight nine years and the premium goes up for no reason because carriers go in and get a rate increase because of losses. So the biggest thing is always is, is making sure the client has the right coverage with a comfortable price. And, you know, insurance is there for the unexpected loss, right, so we don't expect their house to burn down or cars to get into an accident. But if they do, we have to make sure they're serviced for them, that they can get that claim covered, they have the right amount of coverage to rebuild that house. So the hot button there is to make sure that it's priced right with the right coverage. And again, the issues are, you know, you turn around and something goes up, like all these taxes. So clients start to, you know, reduce their coverages and their limits of liability, and then they're not in good shape when something happens. So that's always been a struggle, even years ago, you know, making sure that you keep up with what you need to have.
0: Okay. And how do people find you? How do people get in touch with you? Run through your address, phone number, website, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, all those ways. I'm online. I'm on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm all over
0: Facebook. I I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I I belong to
1: about 110 Facebook pages. You name them. I think there's like 15 just in Sellington. And I try to post relevant stuff. You know, uh, I do But my granddaughter, my grandson with pictures in our office, but we're located here at 1460 Meriden Waterbury Turnpike, which is also Route 322. Mm -hmm. I'm in between Manor Inn, he's going to pay me for that ad, (laughs) across the street from Superior Hearth and Spa, and just before or just after the fishing factory. And uh, it's just a few hundred yards from the uh, Route 10, 322 exchange. Our phone number at the office is 860 426-3730. 426-3730. Like leave a message. And I always give my cell because I'm on the road a lot. It's 203-509-3994. Okay.
0: Final Let's thoughts? See. Anything else you'd like to say before we close it up?
1: Let's see. I want to thank you for coming <laughs> down. No problem. Uh, having this conversation together. I think it's, it's great that you're out meeting different businesses and different uh, types of businesses and giving everyone an opportunity to express what they do and what their past has been and how they fit into the community. So I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, coming over here, and um, hope that we continue to work in the future. All right. Thanks, Dan.